we're back again. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the All Access USL podcast. It is good to be back after, I know, another uh, unplanned two-week difference between episodes. Um, I will just say, I had finals, so I kind of had to take preference over that, and I just did not have time, unfortunately, to get an episode out this or last weekend. But we're done now for the summer. This summer in particular is going to be so good. I, I'm i so pleased that I'll just be able to get content out all the time, help grow the podcast, and build that into the fall and just beyond. So be excited because there is going to be a lot of things playing this summer. Hopefully more games, player interviews, manager interviews. I want to do it all, and I can't wait. So... That is what we have planned. That is what has been going on on the past couple weeks. That's why uh, episodes have been a bit scarce. But we are back with another episode. Another pretty um, not as crazy week as we have seen. Um, I will say there's only one result that really surprised me. And that is the San Diego El Paso result. I, I did not put that game in my... Um, games in focus so we're just gonna run through the results real quick of the games that were not in the games in focus just so you guys know what um happened and what that means for the teams and then we'll jump into those games in focus and then we can look at u.s open cup which um the i believe was the third round just passed and we are now yeah third round because that's when mls teams join duh we just had the um, third round. We're moving into the fourth round very soon, and there are a lot of good-looking games there. So excited for that. Um, we will just jump through the games quickly um, that are not in the games in focus. Detroit lose at home once again, uh, this time to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Good result for the Rowdies, who had lost two in a row. They now jump to sixth in the East. Um, Detroit now rock bottom of the East. And I was saying that Detroit were kind of not really scaring me in the last episode. Now I'm very worried. It's another game that they go goalless. Uh, it's another game that they lose at home. That's four losses in their last five games. They're four points in eight games. That is not good, um, clearly. So Detroit have a lot to work on offensively. Maybe a tactical shift coming soon. Tampa Bay, I wouldn't be too. Um, I wouldn't be too enthusiastic. Although they did look fine in it. Um, so far they have they only have two wins on the year, and one of them is against a very unconvincing Miami team and a Detroit team that cannot score goals. So and looking ahead. They have Phoenix at home. That will be tough. Phoenix have been growing into the season as of recent. And they have Detroit at home again. So they will probably win that Detroit game. I would be a bit um, observant of that Phoenix game, however. Um, Indy draw one all against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. It's a not loss for the Indy 11. Although we'll look at the past five games. Past five games, that's two draws, three losses. Not great. Still only the one win on the season. 
a, a lot of teams in the uh, East have only won once. And no surprise, the Indies win was away to Detroit, in which Detroit did not score a goal. So there is a big um, pattern here. We're seeing a lot of teams being able to take advantage of Detroit, and that is about it. <laughs> um, what this means, Pittsburgh, they are looking fine this year. They're fifth in the East. I have no concerns about them. Indy, they showed growth in this game against Pittsburgh, I'll have to say. Um, but I'm still a bit concerned of how they're going to look going forward. I thought they were going to look fantastic this year. But they've been playing long ball, and that just doesn't suit who their players um, in the squad. It doesn't suit them. Um, a lot of them are used to tactical buildup or just something other than just bombing it up the field. I mean, Solomon Asante, maybe a little bit, but he's more skillful. And I think and, um, I think he would appreciate something different that is bombing it up. And I know you can't, you shouldn't build like tactics around one player, but I mean, they have a great forward core. They have a great midfield core and it just feels jumbled up right now. And I think that is why we're seeing Indy um, not being able to put really any competitive results together. I mean, they're competitive, but not be able to put wins on the board would be a, would have been a better thing to say. Um, Memphis won, Louisville won. This was a surprising result, um, mainly because, I mean, Louisville are still good. They went through that patch where they lost 3-0 home to El Paso. They lost 5-0 to Sacramento away. That was rough. They have a negative goal difference in third place. That is remarkable. And now they drop points away to Memphis. And Memphis had only recently gotten their first one of the season away to RGV. And RGV have not been great this year either. They only have one win in seven games. Um, so, I, I mean, Louisville, I think, will have to, they have to do better here. They need to win. Memphis, to their benefit, have been growing after that rough start to the year. I mean, we can look at the start to the year that they had a 3-1 loss at home to Loudon, then the same result at home to Pittsburgh. Postponed game against Oakland. They draw away to Miami, not bad. They draw it home to Las Vegas. You probably should be taking all three points there. Then they beat RGV. They beat, or they draw here to Louisville. And now heading into their next game against Hartford, who have not looked good for the most part this season. Memphis don't look too bad. And I was, I think my concerns at the beginning of the year obviously still stand, but Memphis look like they are setting themselves up more for success than teams who I picked to do well this year, such as Hartford or Indy are. So props to Memphis. Louisville will be looking for better um, as they head into their next game against um, Miami at home. They will most likely get three points there. Not sold on how Miami are away from home. Uh, Miami only getting their first, their only win of the season, I should say, um, recently against Las Vegas. And Las Vegas, to their credit, have played away every game they've played this year. So you have to cut them a little bit of slack. They've shown grit. They've only lost once. Um, and talking about Las Vegas, we'll move into San Antonio. Las Vegas, it's another one-all draw. Um, San Antonio not able to get the job done and we've seen them not really get the job done this season. Three wins. They're on 13 points. They're five behind Sacramento in first. Um, 
I don't think I said San Antonio are fifth in the West as well. It's not bad, but as compared to the stunning season, the 72 points that they put up last season, it's not great. And they get their point here off of a um, Pirano, a fantastic Pirano free kick. And I mean, for about 30-ish minutes, they're behind thanks to an Ingram goal from Las Vegas. And to Las Vegas' credit, like I said, they have been taking initiative this season. And with a, I, I don't know how thrown together this team is, this Las Vegas team is, because like they only announced, like, I don't know how in advance this team has been here, I should say. Like, they were announcing players like two, three weeks, like a majority of these players, like two to three weeks. Like, did they just sign them recently or did they just have them and then just bulk announce them? I don't know. But this team feels a bit just thrown together and it is working. So big props to Isidro Martinez. Big props to everybody on the Las Vegas team. Uh, Zach Carroll has been fantastic. Laga has been fantastic. Diaz and goal has been phenomenal. Definitely up there this year for top goalkeepers. Botello Fass. Tabor Ataka. Ingram has been surprising to me. Stouffer has been surprising to me. Um, and Ledesma. He's always good when he plays. Um, so you know you know what you're getting when you sign uh, Ledesma. You just know. Um, we'll move on, though, from San Antonio, Las Vegas to New Mexico, Orange County. Um, it's a big win, again, for New Mexico. It's their second win of the year. Comes after three losses and a draw. In their last four games, they're a bit behind in terms of games played. Um, and I think this is a not necessarily a statement win, but it's a good win heading into their next game in which they'll be facing RGV away. And RGV have not looked good um, in their in the opening um, couple games this year. So New Mexico, good initiative there. Good stuff. Orange County. We'll talk about them later in the episode, Um, but they now fall to 11th and a bit of news, like I said, we'll get to um, later as we go on. Monterey Bay draw nil-nil against RGV and Oakland draw nil-nil against Miami. Two very uninspiring games. Um, Oakland and Miami have been having a rough start. RGV having a rough start. Monterey Bay a bit uncharacteristic not to score here and I'm going to throw up the stat as long as it stands to be a true stat. Monterey Bay have not won a game this year in which they have not scored more than three goals and conceded less than two goals. So do you continue to try to build this culture where you play it on the ground and you build up and you fight for those one nil, two nil, two ones, or do you just say, fuck it and play the style where it's just, you know, bomb it, counter, um, break those lines easily, but then you're vulnerable at the back because you have like six, seven players up and win those games 4-2, 5-2, 5-3 because you're winning those games and while it may not look pretty at the back, you're still winning. Um, so... Uncharacteristic game for Monterey Bay here not to at least score a goal. RGV, I think, will be fine with that result. Um, a draw away from home. Oakland, they need to build something soon. I mean, they're in eighth. Um, 
in the West. Their wins coming to their credit, a very, very good um, 3-0 away win against Indy. That was a great win for them. And then a 1-0 home win against New Mexico. Those are good wins, but New Mexico have not had the greatest start. Indy have been very bad. And now in their next game, they're heading to Birmingham with Birmingham um, being top of the East now after their last game. So it's going to be rough. They're going to need to step it up. And then to finish off for these um, just quick run-through games, El Paso beat San Diego away from home. This pushes um, El Paso up into fourth place. Four wins and a draw in their last five. They might be my biggest surprise package to start this year. Loudon are close, but Loudon honestly have been a bit eh at points. They're they're fourth in the East, but that's with 10 points. Fourth in the East in um, the West has 13. And while that's only an extra win, it's still a solid difference. And El Paso have looked a lot better in their last games than Loudon. So I'll give it to El Paso over Loudon for right now. But El Paso get their goals through Zacharias, a fantastic finish. And Costitian, who has looked phenomenal this year, I have to say. Probably one of the best pickups. And El Paso do it again with letting San Diego control most of the possession and just breaking and finding those tight finishes. And Tumi Moshabani gets that equalizer for San Diego, but they just can't hold on. And El Paso get the job done. So fair play to them. Um, San Diego are still third in the West. So despite that loss, they're still looking good. El Paso looking good. The West is looking pretty remarkable. And just to give context of how the East is looking. Um, so fourth place in the West has 10 points. Seventh place in the West has 10 points. There's a big difference right now in the gap. And there are currently... Ooh, six teams, 7th through 12th, only have one win. 10th, 11th, and 12th, or in the East, I should say. 10th, 11th, and 12th in the West have either one win or zero wins. Las Vegas are yet to win, um, which I'm going to give them a bit of... Um, I'm going to give them a bit of slack because they've played away every game um, this season so far. Uh, and they play at home in their next game. So that'll be a help, but they play Charleston. So that's going to be a bit rough. Um, so that about covers the games I just wanted to get through quick. Let's move on to the in-depth games. Um, the first one I want to talk about here is Tulsa Sacramento. And I want to talk about this game for a big reason um mainly and that is sacramento's defense they had only conceded one time this season heading into this game and who other than my man moses dyer to make it two goals conceded on the season and while i'm kind of just joking there it is remarkable that through seven games sacramento 
conceded once. And it was to Charleston. And Charleston have been a very rebuilt team this year. It has to be said. They've been fantastic um, after what last year was and what they want this year. They're currently um, up there in second in the in the East. But that's besides the point. Um, t- Sacramento heading into this game, I think they would have wanted a, a bit more. Obviously, you want to win every game. But that 3-4-3 of Tulsa is hard to break down. I mean, Bourgeois, Bonnet, and Tete at the back are very good. And then you have that front line of Epps, Dario Suarez, Rigo da Costa, Milo Yosef out wide. He is so good. Um, and then, so, I mean, like, what can you do? Tulsa are definitely a very, um, as compared to some of the teams that Sacramento have played, I would say Tulsa are pretty, pretty dangerous up top. And so are Sacramento. I mean, Sacramento have Keko and Juan Herrera up top. And then that stacked five-man midfield, which has been phenomenal this year. You've got Jack Gurr. Alder Sanchez out wide, Luis Felipe, Arnold Lopez, Nick Ross throughout the midfield, and then Vitiello, probably goalkeeper of the season so far. Um, I know a lot of the clean sheets he's had this year do come down to the defense being good as well, but he has been a standout. And Jordan Farr, I know he's very, very good, but right now I think it's Vitiello and Vitiello alone. Jordan Farr is a close second, though. Um, and there are a lot, a lot of goalkeepers like Trey Muse has been good this year. Michael Nelson has been good this year. Zadejas has been good this year. Spangenberg has been good this year. A lot of goalkeepers have been good to be completely honest to start the year. Um, but it's a one-all draw here. I think Tulsa will take that. That keeps them eighth in the East, the final playoff spot. And they needed a result here seeing as Memphis picked up a point. Um... Sacramento, this keeps them, of course, top of the West by two points. They're yet to lose a game this season. The only team in the league yet to lose a game this season. And I don't necessarily think um, that that is going to change soon. I think they're on too much of a roll. I mean, looking at their upcoming games, they have got... um, Indy at home, Indy have not looked good, and they're going to struggle against that press that Sacramento have. Um, They have Orange County away. Orange County, I'll just bring this up right now. They have sacked Richard uh, Chaplow, and they could have that new manager bounce where they win their next couple of games and they start to look better because their players start to play more freely. But I would honestly say that Sacramento just better them here because Sacramento are too good. And then, looking after that, Oakland at home. Oakland have not looked uh, too convincing in most of their games this year. The most convincing they played was honestly against Indy. And Indy just let them walk right through them for most of that game. And then they play Hartford away. That could be tough seeing if Hartford have kind of grown into this season. Although they did just lose to Birmingham, which we'll talk about. Um, So that could be a difficult result. But I truly, I would be surprised if they, the only game I could see them really losing there is Orange County, and that's mainly because of that new manager bounce that I think Orange County will have now that uh, Chaplow is gone. So, Tulsa won, Sacramento won. Let's move on to Charleston, Colorado Springs. And Colorado Springs, if we're going to talk about teams that have surprised me, I think that 
El Paso are number one, Loudon are number two, and then the Switchbacks are three. Because I thought the Switchbacks were going to have a very indifferent year. I was not sold on. I was. I mean, Brendan Burke's gone. He had weapons last year up top. The Switchbacks were just a force last year in general. They lose most of them. They bring in Stephen Hogan, who was on the staff and is familiar with the team, to be fair. But you just don't know what you're going to get from the staff. Is he good enough to carry it over? Clearly he is. They march into Patriots point. They take all three points, thanks to Echevarria and Malik Foster. Um, Leland Archer gets a goal back in the 27th minute. And this game, obviously, there is a bit there in that it is um, delayed because of weather. Switchbacks doesn't matter. They come out on top. And it is looking like it's going to be a very good year. They're second in the West. I did not have them second in the West. I thought they would be lingering probably around fifth or sixth. And here they are. Four wins in the last five. Coming up next, um, we'll see who they've got. They've got El Paso coming up next. That will be a difficult game for sure. That is a game to watch. I'm excited for that. And then looking at Charleston, I mean, they're second in the East as well. This is a battle of second, or at least a battle of top teams. And now Charleston coming off of a tough loss. They head to Las Vegas against a Las Vegas team who has granted drawn five games but lost one and we don't know what package las vegas has at home so we'll have to see i'm intrigued to see that as well if charleston can bounce back bounce back and how las vegas look at home um but for this game specifically um another big story uh, we see oscar agron who comes in on loan from mls he looks solid and then joe kuzminski returns to charleston and unfortunately he was not able to get um, the full uh, return that he would have wanted since there were not many fans in tent, uh, in the stands, which is fine, purely based off of how shit the weather was. But he comes back. He gets all three points. He's laughing all the way home. And the switchbacks get all three points. So we're going to take a quick break right here. Uh, when I get back, we will talk about Birmingham. Hartford and Phoenix Loudon, and then we're going to go through Open Cup and some other news that has come out in the past two weeks. All right, let's jump into um, Hartford versus Birmingham, shall we? Uh, and then we'll finish off with Phoenix Loudon before jumping into other stuff. Um, and so, so with Birmingham Hartford. This is a, this is, this feels like Hartford to the max of what we've seen this season. They looked so good in that first half. Sedano gets the opening goal and then Edwards gets the second goal. Hartford are up 2-0 and it seems like that they're building something here. And then Enzo Martinez scores a brace. He had, he was fantastic last year. He looks fantastic again. And then, um, Alex Cronali from defense gets the winner in the 93rd minute, third minute of 
stoppage time. And it is a from 2-0 to 3-2 for Hartford. They have a lot that they need to work on. First of all, to capitulate like that after playing a 5-4-1 with leaving Prince Sadie completely alone up top. And that is really no problem because Prince Sadie is good enough to work on his own and Sedano and Lewis and Hopano and Torres in the midfield are good enough to build out of that flat four-man midfield and get service to him. They have no problem scoring goals. It's just that Matt Sheldon, who didn't play too bad, Connor McGlynn, who is mm, probably not the best center back option. Kave Rod, who has not looked good. Uh, Robin Laporte and Apollon, who have who had a pretty shocking game, at least in that second half. And then Richard Sanchez, who was fine in this game, but has not had a great start. They That defense just needs to be better. There's a lot of work to be done there. And that is an understatement. It's another three goals conceded in a game here and i you it's something needs to change tab ramos needs to find something needs to find the thing that needs to be changed which it's going to be more than one thing of course um but harford need an overhaul at least tactically the players are fine maybe some rotation at defense um and richard sanchez got the captain's armband and i think he did fine in goal like i said i just think He's he's been he's probably looked the best he's looked in a while, um, but something needs to change at the back. As for Birmingham, they come back and they look very very good in that second half. They looked pretty poor in the first half. Of course, that's what happens when you go two 0 down, and they've done well after that three 0 loss to Loudon. They beat Orange County. They win here. Um, very good stuff. Enzo Martinez finding his feet. Fantastic game for him. Um, Spangenberg in goal, honestly, played very well, I think. Cronali played well um, getting that goal. And then Anderson Asidu. Asidu always plays well. He is so good in that midfield role. And Birmingham getting a lot out of this just regular 4-4-2. It's working well. It's allowing them the perfect amount of balance of going forward and looking good defensively, and just doing what they want to do. So good for Birmingham on that, getting a 4-4-2 to work. I know 4-4-2 is pretty like basic standard football, and here it is working for Birmingham, putting them top of the East. So props to them. Um, now let's finish off with um, Phoenix Loudon. And these are two teams who have been at like a varying difference of inconsistent like Loudon have been they honestly both of them have been very very good have been good not like very very good Loudon have looked very good in some games and pretty poor in others and Phoenix it's the same thing Phoenix move up into seventh place with this win and now they're unbeaten in five two wins three draws Loudon three losses two wins in their last five but they still sit up in fourth and it's just a clinic for um phoenix kavan lambert own goal in the 27th minute not great but artiaga gets on the score sheet that's what you want your big striker signing to get on the board hernandez gets on the board 
and then Injai gets on the board as well. Fantastic stuff. Loudon realistically blanked because it was an own goal that gets them on the score sheet. Um, but you know, whatever they're able to score here, Phoenix dominate possession. They dominate the majority of the game. And this, it, this is a Phoenix performance if I've ever seen one. And it comes against a Loudon team that is surprising us this year. So big, big, big props to um, Loudon for being good, but they just capitulate here. And Phoenix absolutely dominated this game. So looking forward for what Loudon have next, um, Loudon will be hosting Indy. I honestly do think Loudon will struggle a bit in this game. Um, if they come out of this game with a win, though, I do think, like, in terms of tests, I think this is a test of are they going to be playoffs or are they going to be, like, like middle top playoffs or are they going to be bottom playoffs, maybe even finish out of it? I think this is that kind of game where we see what Loudon truly are made of. And then for Phoenix, after a pretty difficult start, they head to Tampa Bay, a Tampa Bay team who did just win against Detroit, but their wins this year are against Detroit and Indy. So, you know, or no, not Detroit and Indy, um, Detroit and Miami. And they've looked fine, but against Phoenix, I think Phoenix could top Tampa Bay here in Tampa. Uh, Those two games that are bound to be very good, Loud and Indy and uh, Tampa Bay Phoenix. So, that covers this weekend. Let's go look at what the U.S. Open Cup um, brought us. Some very, very big results um, that we can look at. Um, Memphis. We'll start off with Memphis. We'll start off hot. Memphis drop Atlanta United. Um, huge, huge game there for Memphis to get I believe that is their first ever uh, U.S. Open Cup win. It might not be, but it is their first ever um, U.S. Open Cup win against an MLS team. And to do it against Atlanta United is fantastic. And it gives Knight Pickering a goal and Philip Goodrum his first goal of the season. That is huge to see him get off the board, especially against such a big opponent and a team in which he used to play for their second team. So I'm sure he will be loving that. Uh, Memphis will be going on now to play Birmingham away. That will be a big game. We'll see a USL championship team in the uh, fifth round for sure. So that is big for Memphis and for Birmingham. Uh, Charleston beat the Charlotte Independence thanks to a late overtime winner by Nick Markinich, who has been absolutely fantastic this year it has to be said uh coming on or just starting he's looked very good charleston though will have a tough test in their next game uh in the open cup they will be away to miami and why don't we just do some predictions so we'll leave the birmingham prediction for when i get to them because they're playing memphis for miami charleston I think this will be, I'm going to be realistic. I could easily sit here and say, oh, I think every USL championship team is going to win. I don't. Um, Miami, haven't looked too good. This isn't an MLS podcast, 
but I am an MLS fan alongside being a USL Championship fan. So there's going to be a little interplay here. Miami did just beat Columbus. I think they'll be a bit hot for this game. They did struggle against Miami. They only beat Miami on PK, so they could struggle here. I'll say a one-all draw, and I'll leave it up to what you guys think will happen there in terms of penalties. Um, up next, Monterey Bay beat San Jose. So two USL Championship teams downing um, MLS sides. And while we saw a lot more cup sets last year, these are two big results. Big results. Also, I forgot to say, Charleston will be away at Drive Pink Stadium. Um, so Monterey Bay, thanks to Christian, Christian Vleski in the 26th minute, beat San Jose. The first competitive game between Monterey Bay and San Jose. That's big. And now Monterey Bay, May 9th, get to host LAFC at Cardinal Stadium. That is huge. I... Mm. Predicting this is tough because LAFC have great talent, but Monterey Bay are very, very stout at the back when they want to be. And they are very open and free-flowing when they want to be. And I think that ability to play both sides of the ball might just edge it here. But to be realistic, I think LAFC take this 2-1. I think it'll be a very close game. But I think LAFC will just be too much. But it's such a great performance from Monterey Bay to even get here in the first place to be able to host LAFC. It's going to be great. Um, Pittsburgh beat Maryland thanks to Kizza and Burke falling late on. Pittsburgh now head to New England. Um, that'll be a big game, but I think New England will just be a bit too tough for them. I think New England take that 3-0. Uh, I think that will be one of the bigger differences because Pittsburgh are good, but New England in terms of just like quality and how they play, I think will just open up Pittsburgh too much. Um, so I think New England take that 3-0. Um, Loudon beat Flower City Union 5-0. Big, big win for them. They head into the fourth round, and they host the Columbus Crew at Sagra Field. Um, I don't know what to think of this game because Columbus did not look fantastic against the Indy 11, and Loudon, even against here, against Flower City Union, who, you know... It's hard to really gauge the quality gap here. I think this will be a tough game, but I think Columbus will take this one 1-0, just like they did against Indy. But again, just like Monterey Bay, very impressive that Loudon get here in the first place. So big props to Loudon, big props to Monterey Bay if this is where they finish uh, in the U.S. Open Cup. Birmingham beat Chattanooga on penalties, and now we get to the only... USL Championship, or like complete USL Championship, uh, US Open Cup bout that will make it guaranteed we see a side in the um, fifth round. It's Birmingham, Memphis at Protective Stadium. Um, based off what we've seen from Memphis going forward in the past couple games, I think they can bring it to Birmingham, um, but I think Birmingham will just have too much for them. Uh, purely based off of how they've made that 4-4-2 work and how um, Memphis have really played poorly, um, sometimes playing out of the back and just defensively. So I think 
both teams will be able to score goals in this game for sure. I think it finishes 3-2, and I think it finishes um, 3-2 in favor of the Birmingham Legion. And we see the Birmingham Legion move on to the fifth round. That would be incredible to see first in the East moving on to the fifth round of the U.S. Open Cup as well. I would love that. And I think that is what we will see happen. Um, New Mexico beat Phoenix 2-1. Phoenix to go out here, I think, will be disappointed because of how New Mexico has started the year. Uh, But for New Mexico, fantastic. They get a good opportunity to head to an Austin team that has not looked good this year. So they'll be in Austin at Q2. For this in particular, I feel like New Mexico and Austin have been kind of the same story in that although New Mexico weren't like super fantastic last year, they're still good and Austin were good last year. And now they're both struggling to start the year. And I think New Mexico are more prepped to take a game like this than Austin might be. So I think New Mexico take this 1-0 as well. And we'll see New Mexico move on to the fifth round. And to finish off, Sacramento beat Oakland. Um, just the one nil there. And that means that Sacramento get another opportunity to host another MLS team at home. Hard Health Park. They host the Colorado Rapids, who again, have not had the best of starts. And with Sacramento, Sacramento being how they are and just how they play and how Colorado play, I think Sacramento are primed to take this. They just play so well, breaking them down, finding the forwards so easily, getting them behind. And that defense, if that defense is able to play like it does how we've seen so far in the league this year, I they will have no issue blanking this Rabbits team. I think Sacramento take it 2-0. And we'll see at least, hopefully, Sacramento and New Mexico and Birmingham move on in the U.S. Open Cup. That would be fantastic to see. But there are a lot of opportunities to see um, USL Championship team or USL Championship clubs move forward, which is great to see. I hope we get the max. Um, that would be fantastic. Fantastic watching and uh, fantastic for the league. So that covers um, the U.S. Open Cup. Make sure to watch the U.S. Open Cup coming up Um the May 9th and May 10th is when those games are set to take place. You won't want to miss it. They are going to be huge um, for all the teams involved. So we'll finish off now with just a little bit of news from around the league. Of course, Richard Chaplow sacked by Orange County. You could have seen that coming purely based off of how the results have gone in the past couple of games. I mean, they have been pretty horrific. And after last year where it was one of the worst title defenses you could have put together and defensively some of the worst defending I have seen from a title defender. Now they head into this year in eight games, their one win, four draw four losses, three draws. They're 11th in the West. You have to make a change. And the roster is a lot better than last year. I'll have to say, I think they put it together a lot better but it still isn't working and maybe the change just needs to be made up top. So in their next couple of games, of course they have San Diego at home, Oakland away and Sacramento at home. So they're in California, their next three games, San Diego coming off of a loss. You know, I was talking about it earlier 
that new coach bounce could come into effect. I think Oakland is a good opportunity for a win. San Diego, you never know. Same with Sacramento. Three games with which new coach, which usually lets teams play a bit more freely, not having the expectations or whatever was dragging him down from the former coach in place. You usually see that new coach bounce. What happened here? I don't know. But I think in particularly Oakland is a good game to look to get points. All home games, you should be looking to get points. So San Diego and Sacramento, they'll be looking for that as well. And just in particular, playing against the other California clubs, you will be wanting to win those games. So I think Orange County will be um, fired up for sure. Um, Monterey Bay signed Novello Yaseke. He has looked fantastic um, since he has joined the club. And then Birmingham Legion, this happened a while ago. They loaned Mateo Bunbury, who looked very good. Young midfielder. He looked fantastic, to be honest, in the time that he spent with the Birmingham Legion. But he is loaned to Columbus Crew 2. Just thought I'd bring that up because he's been pretty decent with Columbus Crew 2. And then to finish the episode, we'll talk about San Antonio and what they have been doing. Um, they bring in Tani Olawasei from Minnesota United 2 just to bolster that depth a little bit. And then we can talk about that they signed Lamar Batista and Zigo Bailey to contracts for the rest of the season. But there is three moves in particular, or four moves, I should say, that they have smashed out of the park. And they are clearly building to just be as dominant as they were last year. Jorge Hernandez, they sign, uh, midfielder from the Belgian League. Incredible that they're able to make this signing. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, But there's someone, another midfielder I'm more excited about, and that's Rita Zhu here that they sign on loan from Montreal. Fantastic signing. He's played with Montreal this season in MLS. He's looked fine. Um, for as good as you can look for how Montreal have been playing. The fact that they get him on loan is great. He's going to be a standout for uh, Santon. And he's going to be a great link, I think, from that defense to the attack, which they're kind of missing. And I think that's why they've been struggling a little bit to find goals that they found pretty easily last year. So I think Azuhir will be able to do that. They did sign Eric Hurtado. And I think that was a good signing. Um, bulky. Quick striker, skillful, always able to find that finish. Um, has a good left foot as well. So very good two-footed striker. You like to see that. I think he would have worked out well, but after like only a week, two weeks there, he's now moved on to DC United. And in his place, they bring back Samuel Adeneron, who was incredible last year in his time with San Antonio. And I think with Adeneron and Zoo here and Jorge Hernandez, once they get integrated with the team, and once, and Tani Oluwusei could be, granted, a good signing as well. He could find his way into the starting 11, just not as familiar. He looked good in what I was able, in what I was able to see from him. He looked fine, um, but I just think it's more depth than starting. But Adeneron, Suhir, Jorge Hernandez, I think these three players coming together and joining the team will help San Antonio push for what they want to be, which is the team last season that was dominant in so many games and won uh, the USL championship title. So San Antonio definitely building again. So um, 
that is going to be it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be ready for episodes to be back every weekend, every Sunday or Monday night um, will be a new episode. Get ready for the summer. It's going to be awesome. Just get ready for the future in general because it's going to get, it's going to be incredible. If, as if it hasn't been so much fun creating this and what we've done so far, then you're going to absolutely love what we're going to have for the summer and beyond. So thank you. And I will see you guys for the next episode.